Well, this is my third guest episode. Very excited to be joined by Catherine Huck, the owner of Mountainside Bakery and Cafe in Princeton, Mass. If you haven't been here, amazing place, amazing story behind it, which we'll get into. So Catherine has been the owner for three, 2019, right? We, we actually moved our location here in 2019, okay, but I've owned it since 2015. Okay. We so were down in yeah, we were down in the center. It was Princeton. Um, the market, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. Mountainside Market. Yep. Okay, and so kind of give a little background about yourself, and I guess get into the the background of the business and sure. how it came to be um, after. Absolutely. I um, my background is kind of varied. I started out um, in politics right out of college, and then. Um, lived on Capitol Hill and in Washington for four years, and then uh, moved up to the Boston area and, and moved my career into a more of a sales and marketing role and worked for engineering software companies um, up until it was time to raise some kids and uh, had three beautiful children and then um, started my own company um, when I had three under the age of six and created mm -hmm. a um, product line of children's toys that were marketed in uh, specialty toy and catalog sale venues and then um, just sort of continued to continue to go more in the sales and marketing uh, field and um, after working corporate sales in Boston and um, nonprofit fundraising decided to go into the hospitality business. Yeah. <laughs> All the stress in the hospitality business. It's been stressful since COVID. Um, we really have had a, a very good run though. We are in an amazing town and they've been super supportive of what we do. So yeah, it's, it's been good. I, I remember, yeah, you telling me you were in, in politics right after college. You went to, what school did you go to? You I went to St. Lawrence University. St. Lawrence. Is, yep. that, is that like a political school or? No, um, it's actually known for being, um, an excellent liberal arts okay. school. I majored in English. I minored in fine art. I did not um, have a political science degree. Um, so it, it was more of the ability to communicate and um, interact. And um, I think just the, the general will to be involved at a different level um, is, is what was interesting about politics, you know. And you went in, in for a lobbyist, right? So. What, what did that entail, being a lobbyist? Um, when you're working in that um, capacity, your job is to help promote. Um, so in a way, it's, it's almost like marketing. Yeah. You're promoting a concept or an idea, or um, for me, it was an association, association's agenda. Um, and so you were um, building relationships and communicating and talking to a lot of people and um, doing a lot of research and writing. So um, it really used a lot of the skills that I had learned in school. Um, and I think is a great basis for almost any business endeavor. Yeah, so you can kind of say you took what you learned from being a lobbyist into the business world because it's all the same Absolutely. like traits and stuff. Yep. You gotta be communicative, you gotta be build relationships. So it, I guess it goes hand in hand. And so you see some business people get into politics now because it's basically some of the same traits. It's a lot of the same, yeah. yeah, skill sets. And I think building relationships is is going to be your fundamental um, asset if you can learn how to do that well. Um, you can carry that into any 
role. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk about the background of the this land in this building because yeah. you guys came in here with the agreement with the DCR, correct? Correct. Yeah. And you kind of renovated this entire building, this historical building, the superintendent's yep. house? Uh, exactly. Okay. Yep. Superintendent's house, went through the whole thing, and then you opened it as a bakery. It's yep. like, okay, so t take us through the entire, like, from the lease to the renovation process to the ultimately opening day of the bakery. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, we've been running Mountainside Market down in the center of Princeton and needed to expand. And the opportunity to work with the state in this curatorship, that's what it's called, um, which basically um, it's a public-private partnership that offers um, the state the benefit of having someone come in with their ideas and their resources and renovating a building that um, really is in need of repair. And so we saw the building, it was in complete shambles, but we could see the vision. And once you have that, once you know exactly where you can go with something, um, the pieces just start falling into place. And so we entered, a, it's basically a 40 year lease with the state. And in return for the renovation, um, we get to run our business here. So um, it really is beneficial. Mm -hmm. I think for both sides. I, w I would have to agree. I mean, this is in a perfect area. You got the Mount Washusa right down the road. And speaking of that, do you get a lot of snow snowboarders and skiers that come here after a day on the slopes? We'll, or something we'll like definitely that? get some skiers and riders for sure. Um, I'd say we're busier when it's the warmer weather and you get the hikers and the bike riders mm -hmm. and the people who are kind of coming and going. They're out and about. Um, I think the skiers tend to, you know, definitely want to be on the mountain as much as they can. So um, we aren't always open when they're available to come to us too. So our day is a little shorter than their ski. The summertime, obviously, a lot, lot busier. And we, we were talking before uh, we went on air that you have a lot of events. Yep. And um, so kind of talk about the events that you guys hold and maybe potential future events. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think because this house is historic and it's in such a beautiful it's a destination. setting, it is. New England or Central Mass. It is gorgeous, and you know it butts up right into the DCR State Park. Um, so you've got the beautiful trails and and everything everywhere. Um, so I think inherently people see it and um, would love to host some pr special private events here. So we've been doing that. Um, we've been doing corporate events as well, um, corporate private dinners. Uh, we've been doing some meetings, um, lunches, that type of thing, and we look forward to continuing to build that part of the business. It wasn't uh, our original intent moving here, but it really makes sense, um, and there's not a lot of other places that are sort of similar um, in the immediate area. So. I would agree, and not, not a lot of people know that this place kind of exists right now. Some people probably think it's still just the an old, abandoned building right, like right. people haven't dri driven by in like five years totally i remember my dad was saying that yeah he was just like i had no idea this place was a functioning business right because it's been abandoned for so long totally and so there's a lot of people in this general area that still probably think it's that abandoned building so definitely i think is that part of the next piece of the puzzle to get more people to find out that this is actually a functioning like bakery yep yep I, you hit the hit, nail on the head i think we moved in here in um, the last two weeks of 2019 and then COVID hit, you know, in early 2020. 
and we've been so focused on just sort of the day-to-day -day that we haven't been doing the other things that you need to be doing, which had always been part of our plan mm -hmm. when we first moved up here. So advertising, marketing, doing more promotion. Um, we hit social media pretty hard, but that that's been the only thing that we've been doing. There are multiple pieces that... A lot of pieces to the puzzle yeah, for social we need media to be marketing. Doing. Totally, totally. So is that like kind of like one of your next focuses is to get more aggressive on for online advertising? Yes. To get the word out more often and at a greater pace? Yes, definitely. I think um, we've been pushing events out a little bit more. Um, we've been trying to get more consistent with our messaging, even just the look of our, um, you know, Instagram branding, that kind mm -hmm. of thing, just trying to give it more of a cohesive look. But um, we also need to go into, you know, doing some stuff you know, like Google advertising, things mm -hmm. like that, and just hitting those different um, areas we haven't been doing that. You know, I'm, I'm big into TikTok and I think a bakery like this would be a great place for you guys to be, for a great place for you guys to be on TikTok. Oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm laughing because a good friend of mine is like, you guys got to get on TikTok. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not just dancing and stuff, it's evolved from that. It used to be Musical.ly, which was just simply just dancing. A lot of teenagers, mostly teenagers were on it first and then it evolved into Basically every piece of content imaginable is on there. Business content, skits, everything is on there. I, I'm on TikTok. I have like three thousand followers. So, 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 give me an example. Like, tell me how Mountainside could go onto TikTok okay. effectively. So you do behind the scenes in the kitchen. You making the sandwiches. You making the drinks. Kind of give the audience a perspective of, you know, how to make this specific drink. How to make this hot chocolate. How to make your famous. Got it you know, iced coffee, whatever. I can see that being. Yeah, yes. and then you kind of do some fun things with the staff, maybe have some videos of events and yep. and um, give people to meet the staff and stuff. And yep. you can just take those, and you can take those videos and put it on you know, Instagram as well and YouTube shorts, and you can put it on Pinterest. Pinterest is big for repurposing TikTok content right now. Okay. And so you can just, that one video can just make all these different types of videos. Yep. And you can get very creative in your, um, create a process by the types of videos you want to create and you can kind of get the staff involved like hey what are you guys interested in like what would you guys want to make for videos yeah and it does sound fun it is totally. really fun and it's yeah it's free marketing so I you know. have to pay for it I know well and I've noticed that we can now sell on TikTok yeah that's so thing, yeah. our you know our POS system has a direct so I've been looking at it like oh we should probably do that um, so this is I, I can even help you out. This is a timely conversation. I yeah. Can, I can help you out for that. Okay. That for sure. Yeah. Because I'm starting to get better at TikTok the, the more I do it. I've had two viral videos last month, which is like amazing because I've been posting every day. That's and awesome. And I finally got the satisfaction of a viral video. What so. was it that made it viral? What was the content that was? <laughs> so one, <laughs> so I was just kind of at home. I didn't feel like filming because I, on one of my pages, I just do skits and stuff because yep. I don't know why I love it, but I do. And I didn't feel like filming that particular day, so I got an old video from back when I was in college, a prank that we did with my buddy, oh my gosh. and it got over two million views. Are you serious? And I was like, okay. So it kind of gave me a better idea of what works on that platform. Yep. And then the next one was like a few weeks ago. I was just recorded. It took me a minute to do the entire thing. To one take, it was just a seven second video of like me reminiscing about like high school or something. Yep. And they got over, it's over a million views right now. Wow. Just 
very simple video to do. So that, Interesting. So I'm starting to get better at that, and that a lot of businesses are doing the same thing. They're taking okay. these short videos like that, seven-second videos, utilizing trends on yep. TikTok, and they're going viral, and they're making a lot of their business from, from TikTok. Like okay. all these real estate agents are follow. Every 95% of her clients are from TikTok, and she's only got 33,000 followers. So That's amazing. It just shows you the potential. It's the best platform for marketing right now for, if you want to do it for free because huh. you get go viral with, with ease. Well, and it's interesting to me that you could be successful with a regional, very geographically specific business mm -hmm. on something like that. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I, well, I was kind of skeptical when I was helping the, my construction company client. Yeah. I was like, how am I going to get people to see this in this general area? Right. But it, it works. I mean, interesting. Yeah. Because it starts off as like you showing to people in, in the United States. Yep. And then if it does good in the United States, it goes to Canada and England and Ireland. And, but I don't know how the targeting works. I don't know how the algorithm is changing all the time. But it does focus on the U.S. And you can also put a link in your bio. Okay. I don't know if you guys sell things on your website. We do. Not a lot. Okay, you know, so yeah you, yeah, you can sell apparel or something. Someone clicks on that link yep. and you get money that way. So there's, there's various factors. I would have to do a little more brainstorming, but that's for, just from the top of my head. Well, that's, no, that's a, yeah. it's great to think about. So it's, it's, again, very timely because I've been getting the, you got to do it. You got to yeah, do it. Yeah, I so. mean, the, the lifespan of it's not going to be too much longer in terms that's a very of good point. free organic content like yep. getting pushed out for to millions of people like like the sap of finger right. that's going to change at some point in the next year or two and so now's the time so anyway that's kind of like a, the tiktok conversation i'll give so that'll be a big clip of it clip <laughs> itself that was and, very uh, helpful though i, did, I wasn't ex expected to talk about that hey you know sometimes this will happen yeah. so all right so we talked about marketing we talked about the beginning of this place uh the lease mm -hmm. everything what made you want to start a bakery? Ah, uh, that's a good one. So um, when I was working in Boston and commuting and traveling a ton all over the U.S., um, I just kept getting this pull that I needed to do something closer to home. And then lo and behold, I found out that Mountainside was for sale. And it just felt like the right opportunity. I already was running a business, my own business. At the time, I was still running my own business mm -hmm. while working in Boston. And I felt that it was the perfect duality. I could stop doing the corporate thing and stick to something closer to home. And it was really important to me to learn the business from the ground up. Like I wanted to be making the sandwiches and doing the dishes. And mm -hmm. so, um, because if, if you know more about what each job entails, you can hopefully manage it a little bit better and understand what your employees and staff need to do to be effective. You know, what makes a good person in a certain position versus another, that type of thing. Um, and so I really just jumped into that and um, we grew the business. My business partner, um, Robin, is our head baker. And so we ended up um, formally joining forces um, almost about like two years into that mountainside market effort. She was working with me that whole time, but then officially um, they ended up joining our partnership. She is amazing at what she does. And so, you know, we really could 
just capitalize on that and just the food that we were producing was high quality and you know just kind of tried to stay true to that um, and we knew that combining it with an amazing destination spot was really just sort of the perfect formula where people could come and make new memories in a in an old historic place and you know it was important to us so and the, what, what stood out to me is that you wanted to start you know making sandwiches doing the dishes I feel like that's like a common theme amongst people who are in the restaurant in industry you can mm -hmm. take Gordon Ramsay for example or, or I don't know if you know John Taffer bar rescue oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they all started like cleaning the dishes and stuff and they yeah. worked their way up they wanted to get a feel for what every position does so I guess one one day when they're owning the place or right. the manager of the place they just know right. how all the systems work exactly exactly I think that's a formula that works well for mm. any business though you know I really yeah, do start from the bottom and S start from the bottom learn right along the way. and and as an entrepreneur you begin to learn all of the systems that you're creating to build your business and that's super important you know you um, you have you know the direction and you've got to find the answer so that's good um, that's kind of doing the same thing with real estate and learning yeah. from my dad and going through the ranks and that learning appraising because his big he always complains about how you know agents are messing up the the listing information and stuff he's like double check with them all the time like is it actually that much uh, that many square feet yeah because he's got to go has, all of that has to be accurate on his end yeah sometimes it's not because the agent you know kind of just rushes through the listing like typing in all the information and so I'm learning that side of the business to be better as a realtor and an investor yep and so that's gonna give me I think a leg up on a lot of other people Definitely. And, but it, it's a lot of work in the beginning to you know, a lot of stress. Once you're at the bottom, it's like, okay, one day I will be up there at the top. Yeah. Like, you know, yep. from all the experience. Well, all of those experiences, though, you are collectively learning. Like, and you are such a refreshing personality because you're out there seeking information and trying to, you know, build these experiences for yourself. That's a really, that's a great quality, you know. Oh, I appreciate that. Absolutely. No, I'm very serious like you don't always see that and I think particularly when you're an entrepreneur you have to be willing to keep learning you, you're never going to get to that place where you know everything ever <laughs> <laughs> you know there's always going to be something new like TikTok yes, like, yes. it's going to come along and you got to tackle it so there's always going to be those unexpected kind of mistakes or failures like oh I didn't see that coming you absolutely be prepared for those things at all the time because they could come two hours from now they could come two years from now so absolutely and and the key is what did you learn from it exactly you know it's not every day is going to be the perfect day or, or go the way you planned it but what can you take away from it and I think those are the valuable lessons yeah and that's something I've learned uh, the more I've gotten into everything is I just got to learn as much as I possibly can about whatever it is I'm doing real estate Marketing, I just got to yep. learn every single day. I try, my goal is to read at least 30 minutes every single day. Just learn something new. That's awesome. Um, watch, listen to podcasts all the time, watch YouTube videos, and I just try to consume as much as I can. And yep. the big thing is, a lot of people will learn and they read and stuff, but they don't put that into action. Right. That's where a lot of people, you know, make a mistake. That's where I've made a mistake before. I'm sure everybody has. Like, yep. you absorb all the information and you just don't end up using it. Right. I think that's the toughest part. You actually have to take that first step towards using it in the yep. real world. Yep, absolutely. Um, and it's just taking a little step every day. 
even if it's doing something small, but in the direction that you want to go um, and staying true to that, you know. Yeah, because you have some days where it doesn't feel like you made any progress at totally. all. And some days you might even go backwards. Right. But little do you know, you're actually making progress with those days that, days that don't feel like you are. Yeah. So you got to kind of take a step back and remember that. I think. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So, so true. I mean, some like, like COVID is a perfect example. You know, that just kind of stopped everything in its tracks. But it also made us as a business sort of relook at how we were doing business and we made improvements, we changed things. Um, I think it's easy to get into a rut where you feel like you've got to keep doing the same things because you've always done them that way. And then when something like that happens and you know, you just reassess everything, it's very valuable. You know, I think being open is always very valuable. And speaking of like, this is kind of similar to the, that conversation, um, being an entrepreneur, that type of thing, learning. What's the biggest risk you've taken, like in business or your career, whatever it is like that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm, so I am a bit of a risk taker, I will say that. And I, I don't know if it's the popular thing to leave um, a well-paying job and trying something completely new that I had no experience in. So the biggest risk I think I've taken is putting, you know, personal finances on the line for um, starting my own business and then, um, you know, going into this endeavor, you know, did require a little bit of, you got to, you know, put some assets on the line. Um, but again, I think we wouldn't have done that without the firm belief that we had um, everything in place. We had a, you know, very strong business plan. Um, we knew where the um, resources were coming from. So these are risks, but they're calculated, and I felt confident every time I did them. So. And are you the type of person that doesn't want to live with, live with regret? Like 30, 40 years from now, you don't want to be sitting there like, I wish I did that, I wish I did that, 100%. I wish I started that business. Yep. That's something I'm super terrified of. Yep. I don't want to be 60 years from now be like, oh, I wish I just went for that. Yep, so yep. That's something I'm very scared of and something I'm trying to ingrained in myself like Jake you don't want to don't want to live with regret try everything do everything you your gut tells you to try so, yep and you're I, kind of the same way definitely yeah definitely I think that is such again such a valuable quality um, to f be able to follow that and sometimes it's a little scary like you have to conquer the fear of that um, it's hard to do things that are uncomfortable sometimes amen to that you know and people don't love to you know try that code on so and I don't know if you do I don't know if you know Gary Vaynerchuk entrepreneur but he's my favorite he's one of my biggest role models and he's he's all over the internet yeah he's podcasts he's everywhere okay um, but he always says to people especially the younger generation that take spend a day go to a, a nursing home or a senior home and ask them um, Ask them if what what they would change about their life, and yep. they would all of them would most likely say, "I wish I did this. I wish I would do that when I was younger. I wish I could do that nowadays." Yep. And so that's something that stood um, stuck in my brain ever since you said that, and it's something I kind of think about every day. The more and more every day, the more I hear it, yep. I go back and listen to that every now and then to kind of remind myself, like Jake, you don't you don't want to be that in that position yep. one day, and I took that as probably one of the best pieces pieces of advice I've ever 
you know, um, learned. Yeah. Is that right there? That's foundational. You it know, is. that will really direct your life in many ways. Yeah, because I don't, just because I, I, I do agree with, like, in terms of all these, you know, older folks, they all have regrets of mm -hmm. something they didn't do back in the day. Right. And, um, that scares me yeah. and that scares you. So we're kind of in the same boat, <laughs> same boat for that. Yep, definitely. And I kind of want to shift to, I'll ask a few more questions because sure. I know we don't have all night here. What is the inspiration behind building this business? Uh, is that like family or it's a good question. other um, motivations? I think, I think it's twofold. Family is definitely one. Um, having a business like this has afforded us time to incorporate our family, our kids work here. Um, we also can welcome families, and that I think is the other part. You know, the community piece for us was really important. We wanted to do this building not only for the business and the um, expansion of the business, but really for the area and the community. And we wanted to be able to share it with people, and that was a fundamental, like core tenant for us. We um, wasn't all about you know, just mountainside, mm -hmm. so. And that, that's a common theme with uh, my first few guests. I, I, I'm gonna keep asking this question to every guest I have, is what is your inspiration behind the business? And pretty much every single one's probably gonna say the family. Mm -hmm. I think that's everybody's motivation. You wanna provide for your family. Yep. Like I wanna one day retire my parents. Yep. It's one of my big goals. Oh, Cause they've given nice. so much to me in my 23 years. So it's like, I want to repay them and you want to repay your family with this business and build this to the potential that it has, which is, well, you know, a lot of potential and expansion, that type of thing. So I think that's uh, the number one motivation amongst entrepreneurs is, is family. It's a so, huge one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And this one is uh, something, how do you handle stressful situations? Because a lot of people have different ways of handling uh, those types of situations. Yep. Are you the type of person that kind of just steps back and takes a deep breath and just realizes like it's not a, as big of a deal as you're making out to be right now or you kind of approach it a different way? Nope, I, I'd say that is almost exactly how I approach it. I think over the years of having to deal with a lot of different things, whether it's a manufacturing delay or it's working in a corporate position and having a, you know, multi-billion dollar software company breathing down your neck like there are moments that you realize you can affect change in that instant and then there's moments where it's not going to be fixed right now but the solution is going to come mm -hmm. and you know you're going to find the best way forward no matter what um, there's almost nothing that I've found in my experience you can't find a solution to um, in a business sense you know for there's obviously things on a, on a personal level and people you, you know, can't always fix everything there. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think that if you can stay calm and just sort of assess, it always works to your advantage. Um, there's a lot of times you get overwhelmed and like, there's no solution to this, but there's a solution to every single problem that you have. Exactly, exactly. Back, I mean, if this kind of relates to back when I was in school, it's like, I can't figure out the answer to this question, but there's always a solution and something I've probably learned before. Yep. And I just got to reach back into my brain and like, okay, that's the solution. Or, or what's, the, what's the new resource I need to go after to find the answer mm -hmm. to that solution? So you're in school and you can't answer the question. Well, I could call the teacher's assistant or I could go look yes. at the syllabus and see what reference, you know, he's, so it, it forces you to 
to go deeper into the problem. And, and again, this is where maybe you're learning something, you know, out of that whole scenario that didn't maybe turn out great or wasn't turning out the way you thought it was going to turn out, but it ended up being um, a learning, you know, moment experience. And I think a lot of people, once they have a come, come across that type of situation, they kind of just give up because mm -hmm. there's extra steps to the to the totally to the, the puzzle. It's like, oh, I got to go ask the teacher for help. I got to go, you know, talk to my manager. And it's yep. just like I don't want to do that. I'll just you know take yep. this loss Path right here. Path of least resistance. I was packing my bags and head out. Yep. So that's kind of how a lot of people approach those situations. And I'm, I'm guilty of that. I've done that before. I take the easy way out. You know. Yep. I think everyone's done that at some point in time. Absolutely, and, and sometimes I think there's a time and place for that. There you know, is, yeah, sometimes yeah. Sometimes it's, it is the better way to go. Sometimes it's like, do I really need to do that? Right. Or is it something I can, I can wait or I just don't need at all? Right. I got two questions left. Okay. And we'll wrap up. I, I've asked this to um, my last guest, which was, what is your favorite book? Because I'm a big reader. Yep. And I don't know if you're, if you're a reader or not. If you don't have a favorite book, then, or if your favorite two, three books, whatever pops to your, into your head first. Oh my gosh. And um, is it like a business book or you can do any fiction, yep. business, nonfiction, anything like that. Yep. Um, so I have, I read all the time too and I was an mm -hmm. English major. So I oh, have, okay. yeah, you know, there's kind of required. Doing, so, so yeah, so much reading. Yeah. Um, there's one book though that I read all the time and it's by a poet. His name's Mark Nepo. And it's okay. called The Book of Awakening. And it's um, sort of a, a daily like reflections book. And it goes every day you have a different passage that you can read. But um, I've been reading the same, I've been reading the book for years now because it just keeps continuing to stay fresh even though it may be the third or fourth time I've read that reflection. But it, it is an annual book. So it's kind of interesting to me how when I can read something that I've read before it can change the meaning. You know what I'm saying? I do, so yeah. um, he's a poet, but the daily reflection is sort of more of like a helpful um, think about it this way type thing. So that's that's one of my favorites. Um, I'm trying to think. Would I, would I, I just love fiction. I love so, oh my gosh, so many other things. I don't even know if I could give you like <laughs> one title. I'm trying to think. You're What's, big into like the history or? Um, yeah, I, I love historical fiction like, um, you know, the David McCullough books and yep. um, yeah, yeah. I, like all of those are amazing. Um, Philippa Gregory books were um, all about um, Henry the Henry the Eighth. Mm -hmm. All King of those, Henry, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm um, big into like the medieval times. I love that era. Yeah, stuff like that is really good. Um, you know. I went through uh, the whole John Grisham phase and okay yeah, yeah my, my mom mean, loves him yeah there's it's one of his, her, his, the, her favorite authors so yeah there's so so many um I'm trying to think um Shadow of the Wind was was a, a great book um I'd say it was probably at the time one of my favorites um and then there's um an author named Lily King, and I love mm -hmm. everything that she's written. So, um, writers and writers and lovers it was one of her newest books. She's got a bunch of them, um, but yeah. What is, what's your favorite book? My favorite book? Oh man, I don't I don't know if I have a favorite, but 
I have, you know, Think and Grow Rich is up there. Okay. Napoleon yep. Hill. Yep. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk books. Okay, I'm going to have to look yeah, him yeah, up. He's, yep. he's awesome. Um, what am I reading now, though? I'm reading a real estate book right now. Buy, rent, rehab, refinance, repeat. That's the name oh, of the interesting. So the Burr strategy. So oh, that seems right up your alley. investing. Yep. Um, so I, I try to read three books at once. Yep. Business book, history book, and, and a fiction a book. fun book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the real estate book right now, and then um, I'm reading a book, history book about the 14th century France. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So doing that, and then I'm reading Game of Thrones. <laughs> nice. Because I love Game of Thrones. Did so you see, did you watch the I watched the, yeah, the, the, yeah. Sh the show, and the books are great, so. Good for I you. Mean, we, 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 I can have disagreements about the eighth season. I, it wasn't great. I, you know what? I never watched it, okay. the, the yeah. series. I'm not, um, I'm not a violent. Yeah, it's pretty I violent. I can't watch the violence, yeah. But uh, that, that's, that's some people's issues. You know, they can't, you know, a lot of the gore and stuff. It's and literally that. Yeah, yeah. like, I, it just, like, hurts my psyche to see, <laughs> like, blood and, I don't know. I try to tell myself that it's just all fiction. And it, which it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's all fake, but. Yeah, yeah it's not know. for everybody, so. Right. I can, I can listen to gory podcasts, but I can't watch it. You can't, okay. So, so, like, I can listen to, like, murder podcasts. And you can imagine that in your head, but you can't watch it on Which somehow screen. is better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> somehow is better me imagining it. Yeah. Okay. But. All right. So, that, 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 I mean, that makes complete sense. So, now everybody's the same way. My uncle's the same way. He's going to refuse to watch Game of Thrones. Oh, of that's that, so funny. Because of that reason. And, um, but a lot of it's just, like, you know, power, politics. A lot of it's yep. just that type of thing. Totally. And, yeah. Which is what I love about it. The yeah. most, I think. One uh, one last question. What what is a two year outlook for this business? Do you have do you have one? Or? I do. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, we will continue to grow our presence um, as Mountainside doing what Mountainside does, and then I do think that there is room for us to expand into an event um, more event focused business and offering that again, sort of in the in the community flavor. Um, doing more meetings here, having more groups here, you know, going back to what it was like before COVID, um, when people needed to get together and gather. Mm -hmm. and, and we would like to see that happen again when things just settle back down. Um, and so in the next two years, I would hope that we see a return of some of that. Um, and, and we'll see where the business goes. You know, we'll, we'll see if there's market for doing other things that mm -hmm. could be interesting. So, well, 2022 is going to be a big year for you guys. Well, it's only the start, so. I know. Same with you. Yes, Same with yes. You. Just got to be patient. It's the biggest thing. Patience. Definitely. Yeah. I try to look ahead too much, I think, sometimes. It's got to be in that present moment. Yep. Yep. So. I think having a, you know, a good mix of that. Yeah, is, exactly. Is important. And um, where can people find you? Website? Um, mountainsidebakerycafe.com I'll put this in the description down below on YouTube and yep. the podcast platforms as well. Yep, so. Instagram, Facebook and maybe TikTok coming Guess soon. Guess we'll have to discuss that so <laughs> yeah we'll put it coming soon down below for yep. TikTok. There you go. Um, well that will do it for this episode so I ho hope you guys got some value out of this. This was really fun. I enjoyed this. Oh. I think this was like 40 something minutes. Hold Here on. we go. Almost 40 so longest podcast with a guest yet so that's, that's, that's good. Um, I hope you had a good time on this. So Definitely. Thank you, Jake. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate this. Sure I thing. mean, there's a second try at it. So this one, it's going to be good. I'm Thumb, sure it's double gonna be thumbs awesome. up for this yep. one. So. It's going to go viral. 
<laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> Maybe one of these clips I'll put on TikTok will, will go viral. There so. you go. So thank you so much, Catherine. Thanks, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do another episode one day in the future. Yeah, I definitely. Don't think I asked like ten of these questions. Oh, hey, there was there was some. We got some good yeah, a lot content. Of, on a lot there. of good stuff in there yeah. for viewers. I mean, a lot of people can learn from this. And yeah. So it'd be I'll obviously give you guys the clips as well, so you can put it, so you can have your audience awesome. check it out. So yeah. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Yeah, for sure.